Welcome to the Injured to Elite podcast with your host, Dr. David Meyer, sports physical therapist, mental performance coach, and former Major League Baseball rehab coordinator for the St. Louis Cardinals. This podcast shares the many stories and strategies of those who have made the journey from injured to elite. Hey everybody, Dave back here with episode number 76 of the Injured to Elite podcast. Have you found yourself needing to do something in your life? I bet the answer is yes. Whether that's fixing a body part, working with a professional team, or you yourself playing for that team, you feel like you need to do something. And when we feel that way, we want to hit home runs. We forget that singles are very effective. The topic and the theme of this episode is hitting singles versus hitting home runs, or at least taking a single swing versus that home run swing. I'm joined by none other than John Denny, performance coach and my mentor, frequenter of the Injured to Elite podcast. I wanted to bring John on because we had this conversation just about a month or two ago about both of us taking the singles approach versus always swinging for the fences. John's created the HarmonyExercise.com, which is a guided meditation, and he's perpetuating that, which has been taught to him by his mentor, Carol Ryder. He works with elite athletes in all disciplines, and I myself work with elite athletes and, and professionals that are developing. We both, a lot of times, want to go for the fences. We had this conversation. It was pivotal. We changed our approach as John's creating a master class for the Harmony exercise. I'm creating one for Injured to Elite. We came together. We masterminded this idea that it's time to focus on just hitting singles. And if the ball flies out, great. So John's going to come on now. We're going to have some specific conversation points about this topic, how it came to fruition and how we're integrating it. Stories how John's worked with his daughter, Allie Denny, who's an elite volleyball player, overcoming a lot of odds and adversity. And we're going to help you on your journey so you can start focusing on the batting average piece of it. Hall of Famers, they hit 300. All they got to do is hit the ball three out of 10 times. It's not always about hitting just a ton of home runs. John, welcome back. Right back at you, Dave. You know, particularly on this topic, you're my mentor also. I, uh, had really hit sort of a, a struggling point, you know, and you say I'm developing a master's class. It's not a master's class. It's a basics course because the master's class seemed like a home run and I couldn't do it. And then you said, you know, hit, just get a base hit. Don't worry about the home run, hit a base, get a base hit. And that to me switched my whole perspective so that I could go in there and film a 10 session course in like an hour virtually without ever stopping because I was no longer concerned with the home run. And it's been one of the real switching points for me lately is just stepping back and it's just, you know, small victories lead up to the big ones. Let's talk about the relationship you have with Allie being an elite volleyball player and you seeing her journey of playing with the Gamecocks, playing with FIU, playing professionally, semi-professionally, and, and coaching. And Allie, as a collegiate athlete, of course, there's always a lot of pressure whenever you're performing. College is only four years. And, and sometimes with redshirting, things like that, that come up. I mean, sometimes it's one or two seasons that are big. 
What have those conversations been like with Allie as she's gone through her journey and you as a performance coach and her father? What are some of those points in time where maybe Allie felt like she needed to do more and you had those conversations with with getting her um, in the right frame of mind? It's funny. I think I had this discussion yesterday, actually, and if it wasn't with Allie, it was with Lara. But we always want to get the most we can out of every practice. And, you know, some practices you're going to make advancement. In other practices, you're really not going to. You're just going to get moving, and there's not going to be tremendous advancement made. And you have to realize that and realize that this is a journey, not a destination. And so Allie and I talk about a lot. I'm like, hey, you know, Al, you're out of college. You have your master's degree. And now you have to realize you're doing what you're doing. There is really no destination. So the best way to live a happy, successful life is enjoy what you're doing today. Don't get too mad about progress or lack of progress. Just enjoy the moment. And that's what has starting to lead to some great progress. That's a great point that we talk about even with finding purpose a few. So this is the third element of the daily freakout question of what's the right hit in the situation you're in. And in the first one, you talked about purpose. That was a throwback episode. Whenever I think it was our second episode. And you said, the first question you ask is, what do you love? When you're at the plate as a ball player or you're on the court, whatever it is, and you're in that tense moment of, I need to do something. This is something you've told me. You've said, well, you, know, you need to do something. That's, that's already kind of off on the wrong foot. And you're talking about coming from a place of love, playing from within. This is the centerpiece of your coaching. People get disconnected from that, though. What, what, do you, what have you found with Lara and, and Lexi and Allie? And- this really comes back to my, one of my favorite mentors who I never met, but Mo Norman. And he said, we don't have to do anything. We don't need to do anything. The trick to life is to want to do it. I want to do that. And to be driven from inside and have this purpose-driven life. I don't need to do this. I don't need to. I want to do this because I want to be better. And my long-term goal is to you know, be a pro at this or that. It doesn't really matter. But, the, but in the moment, we want to want to do that. He goes, I don't have to do anything. And it's absolutely true, Dave. When I say I need to, I have to, they want me to, we are adding a mental and emotional weight on our backs, which is completely not needed for peak performance or even good performance for that matter. I was watching the Home Run Derby this year with Pete Alonzo the New York Met first baseman, and the guy crushed the ball, hitting home runs after home runs. And he was jamming out to music. He was having a blast. He really enjoyed I think he would have done that even in batting practice. He probably does. I haven't watched him take BP. And he really was connected to what it was he was doing. And you watch some of the other players there. It seemed like they were tense and they weren't enjoying it, maybe worried about it. When you work with in these situations, whether it's Lara in the Olympics in Tokyo or it's Ali with FIU at certain points of big tournaments with UCLA or if it's Lexi on the PGA, LPGA Tour, in those situations, they're coming into it saying, I got to get ahead of this golfer. I got to get ahead of this person on the water. What does that conversation look like when they're talking to John? 
All right. That's, you know, this is another one. We can, if we want to play our best, we need to get out of the competitive mind. We are not playing against anyone. We're not trying to beat anyone. We're not worried about being beaten by anyone. We are playing our sport from the creative mind. I want to be the best possible sailor I can be. And if I do that, I'm going to be the fastest boat on the water. I want to be the best skateboarder I can be. It has nothing to do with anyone else. But we know that the people we're working with have the skill level to be the best in the world. But to do that, they have to remove the, the competitive mind and stop worrying about winning or losing. Um, Jack Nicholas said, I never played against anyone. I just played the golf course. And if I beat the golf course, I would usually beat the other players. And that's how he went about it, playing from the creative mind. And then when you talk about team sports, you need to play from the connected creative mind so that you are creating with your team, with that mastermind. This is so important. This is like one of the most important mindsets that a great competitor needs to lose because everybody's like, oh, you know, what about Tiger? You always said he's going to win every week. Well, you'll find one out of a million like a Tiger or a Michael Jordan that'll talk about winning and losing. But in general, this is it. If you love the game and you play your best from the creative mind, you're going to win a lot more than if you're worried about winning and losing. You can hear Lara Dalman Weiss's story on the podcast. John coaches Lara and we talked about her leading up into the Tokyo Olympics a year ago. Talk about like Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, amazing basketball coach, best of all time. In terms of that connected connected creative mind when you talk about some of those teams he coached and you coaching Stoneman Douglas volleyball where the atrocity happened in Parkland, Florida. How do you get these organizations to be connected and what does that look like in terms of coaching? Well, one of my favorite books was written by Phil Jackson called 11 Rings and he did not get 11 rings by, you know, our mindset of conventional coaching. He knew that love was the binding force that would make teams great. So he implemented meditation. He implemented, um, you know, team bonding things. He implemented all kinds of stuff to implement that love on his teams. So now how do we do it on our teams? Simple things, you know, simple circle exercises where we get everyone moving the same and thinking the same thought. In, in particular, thinking thoughts of love and gratitude to be on this team. And then we develop systems in that team where that team comes together to reset their energy levels. And depending on what sport it is, but you know, it's a very systematic thing to take the energy of your team and make it a conscious thing you're working on. And when you do, that's when you watch the magic teams develop. So when I'm coaching volleyball, I always tell the girls right away, we want to come together after each and every point. If we win the point, we come together to get all the good vibrations. And if we have a bad point, we come together to raise ourselves back up again. So we're always getting back to that space. The great teams come together after every point. The good teams come together after the points they win. 
And then the other teams never come together. And it's like six girls playing volleyball. It's not that team loving dynamic you see on a team, which is consciously coming together at a higher level. The conventional sports rehab process can be isolating, frustrating, and downright ineffective. Whether you're an injured athlete or work with them, I have found that training the mind is the X factor in making a true injured to elite transformation. This podcast was born through the writing of my book, Injured to Elite, a guide to empowering yourself to transform your life after injury, available in all formats, including paperback, audio, and ebook on Amazon. In addition to my book, I've also founded the Injured to Elite online community who have access to my coaching, mentorship, network, and premium content. Click the appropriate links in the show notes if you're looking to take those next steps in your Injured to Elite journey and send me a DM at Dave M. Meyer on Instagram if you want to learn more. Back to the show. John, it's interesting because you've coached athletes at a very individual level, whether it's an LPGA Tour golfer, Lexi Thompson, Lara, who's a sailor with a teammate, your daughter, Allie, with a teammate as a volleyball player, and also the water sport athletes that are out there in the water. They're, they're with themselves, but they're also connected to that. I know you've mentioned in the, the movie I watched, the documentary with you and Laird Hamilton talking about being one with the water and the harmony there. You were a team sport athlete. When we're talking to somebody injured, they feel a little disconnected from the team, isolated, and they just want the home run for them is the injury going away. I know you've had a bad back before. How can they connect the connected creative mind? How can they connect in those moments? So when we're talking about team dynamics and how to make each team great, it starts with each individual on that team and each individual connecting on that personal level. So regardless if we have a team to connect to, we have to be responsible for ourselves. As you know, I meditate on a daily basis. I make it a point to connect with myself, to reaffirm my belief systems, my positive belief systems each and every day. Well, each individual on that team, as we know, one sour apple can ruin the whole batch, right? Or whatever they say. One bad attitude can really screw up a team dynamic. And we've, we've seen that over history too. You, you, we've seen that. I don't have to name any names. When you were going through moments when you had your back flare up and you were going out on the water still every day, when you were doing your activities, how did this manifest for you in terms of going forward through it? whether it was surfing or whatever. My back was more psychosomatic than, than physical. You know, it was more of stress, anxiety, that kind of stuff. Now, I did have double shoulder surgery and, had to, and I was out of the water for, you know, a solid year and a half. And what did I do? I learned how to fly remote controlled airplanes. I, you know, I did something else. I did not sit around and have a pity party. The other day I was reading something that self-pity is the father of all disease. It is one of the worst things that we can possibly engage in. And it, it's, it's, almost, it's almost sure spiritual death. So when I find myself going into a pity party or feeling sorry for myself in any way, I want to re-up that. And we can 
you know, there's other ways to do it. I don't like to look at people less fortunate than me, but that's one way you do it is, hey, there's a lot of people worse off than what's going on with me and keep myself in a positive thing. And, and again, it comes back to the renewal of the mind. If every day I'm renewing my mind in the, oh my God, my shoulder is so bad. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to paralyze me. And like you said, it's going to, it's going to extend the injury from healing It'll still heal probably because that's our natural condition. It wants to heal, but it's going to take a lot longer than if I add my belief system to it. With our individual though, our, our injured individual, they have to start taking care of their own mental and emotional health. And, and the physical health will surely follow, but we need to start with the mental and spiritual and emotional that we can take control of that so that we can allow the vibration of our body to reestablish health, which we, it wants to do. So uh, over the past few years, I've, I've seen that happen in my own body, and I've seen it happen in others. And all we have to do is give it a chance. You know, Lara was just calling. She just finished a 10-day master cleanse with me and went through some serious transformations during that cleanse. And, but it was done... For her, no, you know, you can't do something like that for someone else. Take care of ourselves first, and then the, you know, and then really the body follows. It's that hermetic principle: as above, so below. If I change my mind, my body will start to change. The correlation to that law is as below, so above. If I start to believe in my injury more than I believe in my health, it can work the other direction. So I want to be sure that I'm in the healing mindset. The thought virus that we talk about or the self-talk becomes, I need to fix this pain and I need to go to the therapist that's going to know how to fix it. And that is what takes people, I think, into that, that direction where it's going from below to above. When we come from below above, the toxicity of thinking, I need to get past the injury. I need to make the team this year. You've, you've coached me on a lot of these things of you don't want to avoid it. You want to kind of replace some of these, these thinking patterns. What comes to mind in terms of going there? Okay, so you just, you just really put the nail on the head there. From when you're operating from as below to above, you're thinking, I need to fix this pain. This pain is so good, so hard. I don't know if I'll ever be able to play again. Then it comes back up to your head and you start to believe, gosh, I don't know if I'll be able to play again. And then it goes back down to your knee and it makes your knee hurt even more. And then it comes back up to your head. So we need to break that looping thought and we need to be, no. So now how do we come from above? I am perfect health and I am going to play better than I've ever played, period. And now what do I need to do that? I need to do my exercise, my rehab, my physical therapy, but that's all. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't need to do it. I want to do it because I know I am going to come back stronger than ever. And I am going to be the best I've ever been at my sport. And I am going to come through it in a way that, that's going to shock everyone. But, so I already know the end goal. I already know my destination, where I'm going. So all the crap I have to do to get there is no longer a burden. It's almost, yes, I get to go work out. Yes, I get to go work with Dr. Dave today and get my mobility back. Yes, I get to do whatever. So 
It's, it's, I don't have to do anything. I want to do it because I have a goal. I have a place I want to be. Brings me back to when I would come up to the plate and I was playing baseball or playing ice hockey. I, I loved being on the ice. I loved being at the plate. I wanted the opportunity. And it, it brings me back to what Daniel Bard said with the Rockies during his comeback, his miraculous comeback. And he said, when I was at my lowest, when I had the yips after the Red Sox, during the Red Sox, I was so embarrassed to come out there. I felt like everybody out there was looking. This is a, a major league ball player that was very good. And everybody was looking at him. When he was at his best, he thought to himself, look what I can do. I'm going to show you what I got. He wanted to do it. It wasn't I need to do anything. It's like, check this out. Watch what I can do. And there's a champion. There is the high performer. There is a person who's living their truth, you know? You know, you get that other mentality and it's like dragging anchors. So let's transition a little bit and kind of the last piece to it with the right hit for the situation. What about the, the strikeout for the situation? Are there times when striking out it's not just part of the process, but actually very necessary. All right. Let's just start with Babe Ruth. How many home runs did he hit? It was 600 and something. What? It was less than Hank Aaron, so it was in the 600s. And then how many, how many strikeouts did yeah, he have? It was, a, it was, it was, uh, it was more well than 600. More, <laughs> I could tell you that. Yeah it, was in, yeah, it was in the 800s or 900s. Yet, Do we remember him for his strikeouts? No, because he wasn't scared to swing. And again, you know, here's, here's the thing, Dave. People think a strikeout is a failure. Well, you, got, you were at bat. You got to get up at bat, and the pitcher did a little better than you. So, you know, fuck you. It's not a failure. You got to get up at bat, and the pitcher beat you that time. But it's not a failure. It's just a piece, it's a piece of the journey. And going back to my golfer's analogy, if every time you got up, you hit a home run, how long would you play baseball for? give it up that afternoon you're like well that's not very hard you know it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a challenge anymore so reggie jackson's the classic example reggie jackson in the 70s with the yankees he, he i believe he struck out a lot i believe uh, he 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 was more maybe more than babe ruth i don't know the numbers but that's the exam nobody remembers him for that so that i think i heard denzel washington say that on a, on a motivational channel on spotify i thought that was great and taking it back to the, the rehab process, people want to come in with the fireworks. Dave, let's get to full range of motion today in my shoulder. Let's make it magical. And then every time they come in, they, the expectation is it's always going to be magical. What I've learned from you, though, what I've learned from you with the metaphysical piece to all this is it could be magical without the physical. You don't have to see it the arm move that way in the, in the, in the three-dimensional space, not to get too spiritual, but you don't have to go there. You can be there. You can, whether it's a little mental imagery, you can, you can experience it. You've taught me that. See the home. Well, the, the, mir the miracle can happen in our mind and take a little while to show up in our body. But yes, the healing is instantaneous. The result may take a minute. But no, that's the beauty of it all. It, so it's not about hitting a home run or striking out. It's about swinging. It's about getting in the game and playing and enjoying it. And, you know, and yeah, maybe get a little bit angry when you strike out. Maybe get a little bit of boastful when you hit a home run. But get back to the game. We, this is why we're doing it, because this is such an 
fun thing to do, you know? And that is, that's where people ruin it for themselves. I'm working with this little soccer player down in Miami right now who just got kicked off of this. He, he got put from the A team to the B team. He's one of the best players and he'll score a hundred goals in practice, but he won't shoot in the game. Will not pull the trigger. Will, will pass when he has an open goal. I can't believe you're saying that. So I, I, obviously without his name, he plays at an academy in Barcelona, this young man. He plays at, at an academy in Barcelona and he is up this year to sign a professional contract. He had a knee injury and you know, 17 years old, had a knee injury. What happens with those different levels is in soccer, they sometimes get hesitant. It's almost like a form of the yips where they, they almost, they can't strike while the iron's hot. That's so interesting that, that you're, you're working with somebody like that too. And, and that's what I was telling him. You got to find your love of it again, enjoying it. Fire that thing. Who cares it goes into the third balcony in the stands, you know? Start shooting, you know? And, and you know, not to be a ball hog, but start shooting, you know? And that's, that's what you're there for. And, and with rehab, it's start moving. And that's the thing that I find to be really start moving. And the, you go into the rehab clinic. You go into the, the rehab clinic, and what do you see? You see a bunch of tables, and you see people with a cane doing, a, you know, for the shoulder. You've been there. And they're, they're going here. First of all, you give them a cane, okay? Now you're holding a cane in your hands. There's nothing wrong with, with a cane. A cane is a great thing. But is that really the right thing that they should be holding to put them in that frame of mind in that, in that moment? And, and, and that, those are things that I think about, but enjoying movement again. And boy, I, you know, I'd been guilty of not moving a lot in the last year or so, and I took up my little warm-up. And when I started just doing one little set of four push-ups, it sounded like a popcorn factory. And I'm like, whoa, you know, it hurt. And now, two weeks later... I can do many more push-ups, and that activity has no pops, no nothing, you know? And I got to believe it's just getting it moving, you know? Nothing was wrong. It was just not moving. I, I love the phrase, motion is lotion. And that's the example. Four push-ups is not a home run. <laughs> you're, you're an athletic person. I mean, you've done some serious things, surfing big waves. But I, still, I mean, you're somebody that's capable of doing a lot more than that. And that was a single for you. That got the, the popcorn factory under control. And you started there. When I, when I, we'll leave it at this. When I had a catch with a major league ball player and I had a stronger arm than him, how do you think that felt for them? I was winging it in there. And the, the other player who has maybe five, $10 million contract, David Myers throwing the ball harder than him. He didn't care. <laughs> he had $5 million for contract. <laughs> As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I'll never forget the story with Jaime Garcia. Some of you might know him. He was having a catch with me, and I, I really hit his palm. I palmed him, and it hit him hard, and I, I got nervous because I'm like, oh, he thinks I'm a jerk. And he goes, Dave, Yadier Molina throws the ball a little bit harder than you. You're okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, he can handle it. But, um, but, but the point is, I think bring it all home. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. And the home run goes out when it goes out. And maybe even a strikeout. Listen, you know, it, uh, I'm going to thank you so much for this lesson. It doesn't, it, base hits are fine. And base hits win, win baseball games. Base hits achieve goals. And 
very seldom does a home run really win a baseball game unless it's a walk-off. So, you know, it's, it's just, we just keep chipping away at it. And as far as the other little thing to, to some, finish up this podcast is need or want. We don't need to do anything. We don't have to do anything. You got to want to. You all might see the name of the podcast as needing versus wanting your rehab process. That's more, that's powerful. We'll see. All right, John. Well, thank you so much. I know you're going to head down there to work with Allie and the volleyball players. Have fun. Get there safe. Thank you so much for coming on as always. Talk to you soon, Dave. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Go to drdavidmeyer.com to find out more about David, the Injured to Elite Network, and his book, Injured to Elite.